Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's the right journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I'm Christine. Oh! It's our season finale. Oh my, oh my gosh. The day has come. I know. We were just talking about that. It's been a long journey. Yeah. I feel like the headspace in which we started this season has been really different. The way that this season has gone, I feel like has been different from our past seasons as well. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel very proud to be wrapping it up in overall like better mindset. I agree. I feel like for some reason, season three, maybe because we started off because we were easing back in after taking such a long hiatus that we're like, okay, we're just going to do X amount of episodes and let's just ease back in. And before you knew it, we're back to our old ways of just recording, recording, (laughs) recording. (laughs) We went from spring to summer and now it's fall. I know. I feel like we always are like, okay, we're going to be better about it. We're going to plan. We're going to set boundaries. We're going to do all these things. And I will say, I think that this season we were much better about it. Like we were way more on top of our editing and stuff than we were in the past. But uh, yeah, definitely guilty of overwhelming ourselves a little bit with the amount of episodes that we were producing. But I think that this season kind of with that like refresh for both of us, I think that we just had a lot more ideas, a lot more topics that we really wanted to dive into. And overall, we were just really excited again to start making content yeah and it feels right and i'm so glad that we've captured our thoughts and feelings throughout this time period especially for 2019 and obviously through our past episodes of this season you can tell that we're in a different mindset and even as we go through this period of time with this new mindset even that has evolved in like however many months (laughs) it's been I don't even know like four or five months I think maybe even longer maybe even close to six months I think wow yeah like a lot of things have happened in 2019 so I think for (laughs) this last episode to close us out for season three we wanted to do some quick self-reflection and then go into some Q&A that you guys have asked us so thank you guys so much for following us on Instagram and Perfectly Imperfect now has our own Instagram handle in case you're not following it but we will still be posting and we're still also easing into that as well so trying to figure out the right balance of well if you guys don't know Regina and I have our own separate businesses she's starting her own clothing line I have a life coaching business and trying to record for this podcast as well as we've been planning events and trying to keep all that going with social media are all great learning lessons that we've been learning this season. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Overall, this podcast is still kind of that foundation of which we were able to dream about all the other projects that we are working on now. And so I feel like this podcast always has such a special place in our heart and we just love being able to continue it on. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive in. So Regina, what is your self-reflection for this past season, for season three? I think this season kind of felt like a new chapter in my life. Mm. I think in so many ways, I relied on you a lot when it came to topics and ideations of like where we saw the podcast going and I think a lot of the times it had a lot to do with the fact that like I was insecure about myself and Mm -hmm. my opinions or you know what people would say or think when they heard my story or heard my insecurities and all that stuff and so I think sometimes I would just kind of like go with the flow when it came to topics and it came to just like kind of outlines even but I think that like this season was my way of like kind of taking more initiative we were able to work very collaboratively Mm -hmm. And there were topics that you would be like, oh, well, that's something that I don't have a ton of experience in, but like, why don't you take the lead? Mm. And I think that that's kind of what a lot of this year has been for me, taking lead and taking charge of my own life and being confident enough to do that. A lot of the times I would just like look at other people and be like, wow, they're so eloquent. And they say all these ideas and things that just seem to be so inspirational. And I never saw myself in that light. That was always 
is something that I was very insecure about because as a podcast host, all you do is talk about these ideas and stories, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that this season was a really great way for me to come out of my shell. This has also been like a very up and down year for me as well, where I'm like learning to come into myself and thinking back to this past season and re-listening to the episodes that we did, I can tell that I was in a bit of like a shell. I was at a very unsure place in my life and I'm kind of still coming in and out of that. But, you know, it's really great to have kind of this audio diary of me thinking back to like when it was, you know, March and this idea of a clothing line was just like a little fetus Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, now starting to become more confident in me and my message and like what I'm trying to do with the podcast, with the clothing line. I think that this season has just been a really big year of growth and being able to have a lot of the conversations that we've had with Megan, with Jen, with Steven. I mean, I always love having these like really deep, meaningful conversations with people. So those are always like a very rewarding experience. And I feel like I learned so much from them. And from you, Christine, this year has been really transformative for you as well. And seeing you start your journey of becoming a life coach and like building out this business and your passion for this podcast and that and like finding kind of that middle ground for everything to grow. I feel like this season has been very transformative and I'm really, really excited to see what continues to come for both of us. Okay, we end the episode here. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Yeah, that was such a great wrap up. No, I totally agree with everything that you said. I think for me as your friend, your sister and your co-host, I absolutely can see that change and shift in you and everything that you said about coming out of your shell, even if you feel it's been slowly coming out of your shell, I totally see and hear the difference. Even let's just say when we record, I hear you say stuff that you wouldn't have said in season two or the way you say Mm -hmm. it, how vulnerable you are about it. I think even like the past episode with Steven and, you know, you talking about like not knowing what you were doing and the episode with Janet and Minji, like that whole episode was you opening up just saying like starting over and even though you have started over with New York and sharing that experience but now moving back to LA you have all these other thoughts and other things that have been hitting you and it's okay not to know you know but to be real about it like I've been telling Jack I'm like oh my gosh yeah Regina's been definitely opening up a lot more in a way that I can tell the shift and the honesty there to just share and Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing with you Maybe this provides some insight for people listening who've never met Regina, but Regina is a very eloquent person. Like, she's very put together. When you hear her, like, you think she's a lot older than she actually is. The words that she uses and the experiences that she's had, like, she's very eloquent. In fact, it's anything, like, she's very eloquent. But there's also other parts to her that are still very understandably so young and still learning, just like the rest of us. And I think there's a part in you before almost in a way was like you couldn't show that part because it would be like oh then if she doesn't know that then she doesn't know anything so what gives her a right to speak on anything then and I think Mm -hmm. that's something where through this past season I could totally and just what you've been through that you can start to really let that go because Mm -hmm. I think what connected for you was that and maybe it is through the clothing line and maybe it is through this journey of you moving back and what you've been through that understanding that that vulnerability is exactly why people connect and love you it's okay and for people out there listening like you don't always have to be this image that you feel you have to be to the world in order for people to talk to you love you connect with you so it's that human aspect that I have always loved about you and I'm only learning more and more how deep that love goes for you and the admiration Mm. I think that we all as humans like put so much pressure on ourselves to be so perfect And I think that this was definitely one of those years where I was starting to just let go. And I think that the more vulnerable I got in, whether it was on the podcast or in real life with my friends, the more vulnerable my friends were with me. Mm. And I think that that was just so like revolutionary for me because I think that hearing 
other people be as unsure and as doubtful of how things are going to pan out. That made me feel less alone as you're going through life. That's what everybody wants to feel, you know, less alone in whatever they're going through in who they are. And so that was just a very like big thing for me. And I think that I don't have the answers, but I realized that by being this open, more people are coming to me and being like, I totally relate to that. Like that struck a chord with me. And I value that more than this need to put up this like perfect image totally totally that's the part where i realize that gives me the courage to make that step forward that i hadn't before because when i was too worried about failing and what it would look like and what that would mean in my own head to not only myself but to what other people would interpret that as that always made me like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. But then once I really started to open up about how real my insecurities were and how frequent the doubts came in and seeing how other people also really felt that way too, no matter where they were, that actually has given me the courage to step up. Because I'm like, if we're all alone in this, then we're all together in it too. Mm -hmm. So like Oprah has this like really great, actually it's not Oprah, (laughs) Oprah, but then like (laughs) Maya Angelou, she's like, wherever she goes, she always takes all her people with her, which is like her fans, her ancestors, everyone. And I think that's the truth. Oprah says like, she's usually the only woman in the room and the only black woman in the room. So whenever she shows up, she always remembers to take everybody who has ever supported her and are supporting her that have been through her journey with her into the room. And that gives her the courage. So mm-hmm. I think that says a lot in the company and the clothing brand that you're starting because that gives you the courage to really speak up for those people who have yet to reach that point in their life. And then you'll do it in such an authentic way because you understand those pain points. It's been a beautiful journey just to see you through because like you're still in the midst of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that I'm very thankful for all the relationships in my life currently and the ones that I'm building. And I'm really thankful for this podcast to allow me to be able to experience that in the first place. And that's really the sum of how I feel about season three. It's just, it's very like, You know, I listened back to some of the episodes and I can feel the angst that was going through me at that time, but I know that I'm better for it. And the most important thing is to keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. How has this season been for you? Yeah, this season has been amazing. Just when I think about a year ago at this time, I was like at the tail end of my depression period. And I think during that summer, a year ago, I was starting to relapse in my depression because I think I was coming in and out of it better. And then towards the end of the summer, some stuff happened and I was starting to feel down. But that actually is when I decided to take a step forward in a life coaching course. And from that point on, my life has completely and dramatically transformed and changed. And so even before we started recording for season three, we shared this in a season three episode where Regina and I actually had gone through a lot of stuff ourselves in our relationship just even a year ago when Regina moved back. Mm -hmm. So looking back, there's been so many moments where I'm like, wow, this is legitimately happening because there'd be so many reasons along the way that this wouldn't have happened. There'd be so many reasons why season three would have never happened. We would Mm -hmm. not be here recording a season three wrap up if Regina and I had resorted to old patterns, to be honest. And Mm -hmm. so for us to be at this point and recorded the episodes that we did and Regina actually coming up with so many great episodes that I think added a whole nother layer and dynamic to Perfectly Imperfect. And I know you guys have heard, if not, that we're doing a live event with Asian Boss Girl and First of All Podcast. And just even getting to that point of even coming up with that idea and Regina encouraging that idea that I just came. I was like, I have this feeling. I have this. And Regina's like, oh my God, how can we not do it? So us reaching out to the girls and planning throughout this process to have thrown the event, it's just mind boggling Mm -hmm. how life works. So I would say like my biggest takeaway from let's say season three or 2019 so far, we're not fully done with the year yet, but It's just to be curious, follow Mm -hmm. that curiosity. And I think there's so many reasons that I stated before not to do things because you're scared, because you're afraid of the risk, because 
you're afraid of failure and making mistakes. But what I really realized in how I was able to really push past the depression and finally get this breakthrough that I've been wanting for years and years and years. Like Regina knows this and you guys, we've captured this in like our past seasons too. That breakthrough really happened and clicked by channeling that curiosity. What I'm learning is really, really fully learning is whatever outcome that I have went into it thinking that that meant success. For example, with a podcast, the more listeners we get, that means we're getting success. If sponsors reach out to us, then we're getting success. If we make money, then we're getting success. Those were all the outcomes that I thought we should be reaching. But what I'm learning is that's not the point. I totally miss the point in so many situations. What has kept me grounded is the fact that we get to keep recording and connecting with you guys. And that has been the point. That has been the point of continuing this dialogue and that vulnerability and honesty with you guys, because that in itself and staying consistent with that has opened up doors to connect with, say, other creators so that we can expand that network and expand this community to bring in more people who feel more and more alone. But it takes that courage and that curiosity just to take that step forward. Even let's say planning off the mic, so much of it was relying on, oh, we have to like sell out right away. We have to do this in my own head that equaled what the outcome should have been. But when that didn't happen, I started to like feel doubtful and I'm like, oh my gosh, is this the right path? Am I doing the right thing? But then taking what I've learned and just reflecting and staying curious, it's actually understanding that that's not the outcome because actually in recent developments, there've actually been more doors opening in different areas of the house that I've never even knew existed. So it sounds like it's growing in different ways. It'll be growing in different ways that in my own narrow perspective would have never seen. So I think it's allowing yourself just to go in without that filter in your head of this has to happen or else. I know it's hard. It's definitely practice. We say that all the time, but I think that's what Mm -hmm. it is. Just trying to go in open-minded, curious. And if you do have moments of like doubt or, you know, your inner critic is speaking really loudly, that's exactly the type of community that I'm trying to make so that you can go to a place where you have that supportive people that are like, dude, we got you. We, We totally understand. Like having a good supportive team around you or good supportive community around you makes the biggest difference. Because when you're trying to sift through that by yourself, it's almost impossible. So that's been in a whirlwind sense, my reflection back on everything that's happened thus far. I know I've actually never talked about my life coaching business that much on this podcast, but I do want to open that up to anybody here who's been listening that if you're curious about that and what life coaching is all about, you can reach out to me actually personally. My website is xoxochristine.com is actually linked on my Instagram and I've connected with actually quite a few of you you guys have become my clients and it's been such an amazing journey i'm learning so much from you guys and really made a lot of breakthroughs and transformations so yeah i just wanted to open that up here for people that feel alone i think it's absolutely incredible what you've been able to do i know that i've been watching you slowly take on client by client and i think that you've always been such an encouraging person and you always see so much good in so many people that when you decided to go down this life coaching path i really felt like you had found your calling and like it aligned so well with your purpose and i'm so happy for you and so guys we'll definitely link it down in the description below if you're interested in working with christine or having her be your life coach i highly recommend it i feel like every time we record a podcast it's my life coaching session (laughs) oh my god that's such a compliment thank you Mm -hmm. and i think that's been such a blessing that sometimes i have to admit i take for granted that i get to witness and be a part of your journey and sometimes like yeah friends and friendships drift apart and I think the fight that you and I had Mm -hmm. was a good wake-up call in that like we have such a special relationship and such a special friendship that it's so easy to take those texts that we send each other for granted or to look Mm -hmm. at other friendships and be like oh I wish that you know we were like this or like that but really I think for you and I to be able to create something out of nothing and then not even that just be able to maintain a friendship for god it's going to be like a decade soon. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I know. I think it's really easy, especially with social media, to like judge friendships based off of, you know, how many times you guys hang out, how many cute photos you guys have. Christine and I like never take photos no. together. <laughs> <laughs> Because most of the time when we do meet up or do do something, like we're just so either like 
caught up yeah. in the conversation or just like we just literally like roll out of bed and like we're like running errands together or something like that was never a priority in our friendship but that doesn't take away from our friendship and I think that that's really hard and very easy to overlook when it comes to like being able to like gauge how deep a friendship is or whatever but I completely agree I think it's really easy to take you know all the gifs and yeah. jokes that we send to each other for granted but I'm really thankful for this podcast because I feel like it's been a very good glue for us this year yeah mm-hmm. and you know there's something special about that friendship when they're the first person you think of when you see a meme see a gif you hear something on the news or just anywhere you're browsing in the store and you're just like oh my god I have to send this to Regina like right now yeah and that's exactly the type of like friendship sisterhood that we have with each other and I think us growing together and just the different points of our lives has really just shown the different types of friendships that exist and the different types of sisterhoods that exist and I think that's an example that you know sometimes as women we tend to think that oh if you're not besties to this degree then you know that says something about like your guys's friendship compared to I don't know other people but there's so many different ways that you can connect as girlfriends and as sisters and they can be there for you in different ways that fills in the different areas of your life that sometimes we feel with men we mm-hmm. feel with distractions or other mm-hmm. things that not necessarily the umph or the substance that like a friend or a sister can provide yeah i'm totally grateful for you oh, it feels like a very good time to wrap up season three yeah but it doesn't mean that we're not already planning for season four so i know 2020 <laughs> season four coming at you <laughs> like honestly guys we were like okay we're gonna end the season here 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 and every here, single here, time here. there's always been like another like great episode to record another guest like we've already we're already going to record for season four which we were going to tack on to season three but we're like okay no we just have to call it yeah. so don't worry like we're not gonna leave you guys hanging like we did last season season two <laughs> We promise we'll be better about it this time around. Yeah. And if anything, these live events and stuff, like we're working on it. And Mm -hmm. there's other great, awesome developments that I really, really want to announce now. But I think we'll wait for when it's real and tangible. A hundred percent. I think this is a great time to jump into the Q&A. Yeah. Yes. Q&A. We posted the question poll on our Instagrams individually and on the podcast Instagram. So if you are not following those, all of the links will be in the description box below. You guys sent in such, such great questions. We're going to try to answer as many as possible, but we might save some of these. Maybe we can do some of these over like an IG live or something like that to keep connecting with you in between season three and four. I know it's taken us three seasons to do an episode of a Q&A. Yeah, really though. Like we really should have done this a long time ago, but we're doing it now. Let's go. Okay, the first All question. Right. So this is from at P3Panda. How long does it take you to record one episode? Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> it it totally depends. I think the longest we recorded was with Jen Che from Head to Toe. And I think we recorded for like an hour and 40 minutes. No, no, no. Oh, it was, it was with Chris. Chris, Chris oh, did. Oh, my gosh. That was like yeah. three hours. Oh, gosh. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes you just get into a really great conversation. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to cut it down. But usually with guests, I feel like since there's three or more people talking, it'll always kind of take a while for us to go around in the circle. But usually if it's the two of us, I think the first season we would always hit like one hour 30. And that was so hard to edit down. So we were like, okay, when we get to like the one hour mark, (laughs) we need to start trying to wrap things up. Yeah. So now we've been better because for editing honestly guys like sifting through an hour and 30 minutes of talking and we don't only just edit once we edit like three times in one episode so not that you guys would know or can tell but (laughs) for us I think it's just because we each have our own style and are particular about certain things so we really want to try our best to make the most of what we have I know we still are working on getting better equipment and stuff like that but for what we have we try to do our best in cleaning it up and all of that so then now it takes us about like 45 minutes to record an episode and then with guests it probably takes like 
an hour to an hour and a half. Okay, second question. At pink underscore elephant 103 asked, how did you guys meet? We were co-workers at Wong Fu Productions many, many moons ago. My perspective of it was that we were going to the premiere of Ass, Agents of Secret (laughs) Stuff. And I remember arriving to this event and Phil's like, okay, Christine is going to be there. I really want you to be friends with Christine. Like, you need to be friends with her. We've never met before. Yeah, we had never met before. I had I knew no context on this. He was like, I just, you guys need to be friends. And I remember him being, like, so serious about it. I was, like, kind of freaked out. And I was like, oh, God. But now I think at this point, he's probably the one that regrets the decision, not us. <laughs> okay, so at GL Harano asks, did you ever think about writing a book about your experiences? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's on my vision board. Oh my God. Me too. I've always wanted to write a book. I've always gone back and forth between wanting to make it like autobiographical or like a storyline. For me, while I do think my experiences are like very of this generation, like I think that for me, I would love to write a story in some way that like can also encompass like my parents' stories and like document their experiences Mm. and how that led to like shape mine as well. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe this is just me and not doing my research. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I always wish that there were more books or information or research done about our parents' generation mm-hmm. and like Asian immigrants that came over around like the 60s, tracking just their mindset, their journey and everything to obviously current day. I just would want to know like as a whole. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I feel like it's more like this is this is more like for selfish reasons. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, your parents do this too. Or they, like, yeah. you know, 80% of Asian parents tend to think like this or have had this type of experience or this trauma in their life, which explains this. Yeah. I feel like subtle Asian traits hits on a lot of stuff that our generation relates to. But yeah. I feel like our parents' generation is still a little like unknown to me like I know I hear stories but it still doesn't feel like real it's hard to imagine the stark contrast between like their upbringing and ours yeah it's like bits and pieces that you hear from friends as they can pull it out from their parents Mm -hmm. because there's that reluctancy of them to share certain things yeah totally yeah yeah same but I can also see you writing a book like Oprah is like what I know for sure (laughs) oh my like, that's the compliment. Oh my god, thank you. It would be titled What I Don't Know for Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything. Please send help. It's like a 10 part series. It just never ends. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Being, you know, a life coach, I should be more detailed about that. Like, if I want to write a book, what does it look like? What would it be about? How many pages? Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing about life coaching. 2020. That, yeah, no, seriously. The goals. more specific that you can be about your vision and dreams, the more likely that'll happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Totally. Next question is from at FWNC5710. How do you want to get old? <laughs> and what do you like about each other? I like how those are connected. <laughs> How do I want to get old? How do you want to get old, Regina? How do I want to get old? I'm going to take it in the context of what my understanding is. I want to maintain this level of curiosity in my life. Mm -hmm. As I get older, I think that we have a lot of, we have a tendency to like kind of get very set in our own ways and just like kind of give up on life sometimes or just kind of be like, oh, I'm too old. Like my time has passed mentality. And of course I want to like have a very realistic goal. Like, you know, when I'm 80, I'm not going to set up a goal to like run a marathon or something like that. But I definitely want to kind of keep that level of curiosity and keep a level of positivity of understanding my situation. I think that overall, I'm very lucky to have lived the life that I have. And I don't know, I I like really envision myself being that like really cool grandma who has like, you know, who's like drinking wine in the back, (laughs) telling kids stories of my wild days of, you know, not even going out, but just like staying staying in and watching Netflix. Well, I don't know. Back I in just, my like, day, I was so yeah, wild. Back Netflix, in my day, man. reality shows and, <laughs> you know, all these things. But I think that I definitely want to maintain a level of like curiosity and positivity. I think that that's what drives a lot of people. Yeah, no, I love that. I, and I agree. There was a clip 
on, I think there were two senior ladies that were on the Steve Harvey show. I think I said that to you. Yes, yes. (laughs) They were so sassy. They were They roasted each other so badly. (laughs) Like they were cussing and they were just like, they just gave zero Fs about anything, but also really funny and loving and endearing. So that's who I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) And also still like very childlike in that like, life is fun you know and Mm -hmm. that you can take a joke you can still play pranks on people like that's something that i've always admired about my dad because he's 60 and he's still like a child in so many (laughs) such a prankster yeah Yeah, i love that kind of like childish spirit that some older people have because that means that they still have like an appreciation for life i feel like it is quite miraculous that all of us have ended up here on this earth today and it's our opportunity to take advantage of that and to really like enjoy and appreciate ourselves like while we're here yeah and also just to not take life so seriously so just like have fun have fun yeah definitely and the second part is what do you like about each other (laughs) Ugh, nothing. No. (laughs) Rose, how dare you ask this question? (laughs) My favorite thing about Christine, I absolutely love how much Christine cares for her family, for her friends, for the community. Again, like I've said this already, but you just care so much about others and you see the good in others and you like make such an effort to make sure that whoever you're talking to feels how you see them as. You know what I mean? Like not how they see themselves, but like how you see that potential in them. Like, I feel like there are so many times where I was so hard on myself and down on myself and just like, oh my God, everything's hopeless. And I can't think of a single thing that I'm good at. I remember telling Christine that like several times over, like, I don't think that there's anything that I'm actually good at. And Christine was like, ready to fight me on that. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I always so, so much appreciated that because I think that to surround yourself with people who see the good in you, like... That's what, you know, relationships are all about. And I think that that is something that Christine far excels in. That is her greatest strength. And that's what allows her to connect so many people together. Like this event that she's doing, the life coaching. Like, I just think that like whenever I think of gatherings of people, like I always think of Christine because you're always the one that like emails people. I was actually going through my emails the other day. And I remember when you guys were shooting um, everything before us. I noticed that you like emailed people being like, hey, we're going to be here on this day and here on this day and here on this day. Like stop by if you like get a chance. And I don't know. I just feel like that feeling of inclusion is really important in the community and just really important in friendships in general. And so I've always loved that about you. Oh, my No, by the end, we will be sobbing. <laughs> oh, this is so nice. I think for me, you're always like the sister that I never had. I tell Jack this because, like, Regina and I have been through so much together and been through so much individually, but together. And I've never had a sister. Michael doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's as if I grew up with Regina as my sister. And Mm. it's been such a beautiful experience. Like, she's the first person I think of on so many things and the person I go to when even still I mean like before definitely through my depression even before then when we were co-workers and all that and the thing is like Regina's 10 years younger than me or almost 10 years younger than me so you mm-hmm. wouldn't think that right but this maturity that she has and now has grown into this vulnerability and being able to connect with all these different layers to Regina and her openness to go there like I can't imagine my life without Regina to be honest and I've shared so many secrets with her that to be honest if we ever stop being friends i would be like oh my god she's She's like like, buttering me up so i don't spill (laughs) all her secrets (laughs) but there's just it's just like that type of friendship and sisterhood that you can just give each other looks and you know Mm. exactly what the other person (laughs) is thinking at that moment and there is no there's like there's no other type of relationship that can replace that so i know that if for like whatever reason hopefully 
never that if Regina were not to be in my life anymore, that that would be such a big hole and and like just kind of ripped apart from my heart that I would I would always miss that friendship and miss that relationship. And I think that's the thing that I love about her. It's like she's so irreplaceable. There's no one that you're ever gonna meet like Regina. She's just so smart. She picks up on things so quickly and she sees people. They may be saying something, but she's totally picking up like different layers and underneath them that. Even I'm just like, wait, what? I totally didn't even catch that. And she's like, wait, you didn't get that? I'm like, no, but that makes so much sense. If you guys ever get the privilege of meeting Regina in person, oh. never, ever give up that chance to go up to her and hug her and just like, just touch her. <laughs> it's just like, she's, she's so real and so amazing that I think like anybody that gets to know Regina, that's why. Every, and then what Regina said about me connecting people, it's because I get to have so many beautiful people in my life that I'm like, so excited to introduce them to other people. You know, I'm always like, oh my god, how do you not know Regina? You know, like when Minji and Regina first met, I'm like, wait, what? You know, that's, that's crazy to me. So like, yeah. that's why to me, I am honored and privileged to have just this journey with you and have you I always use the word sister and I don't know if that makes you feel uncomfortable no <laughs> I've no, never heard you use all. it no. but for me that's that's like legitimate you know yeah oh tears we're only on the fourth question I know this is gonna take forever <laughs> so at Melissa Lamb Lee um, she asks what is the one thing you and Christine found out about each other through this recording season also the episode about seeking external validation was everything Oh my God, wasn't it? <laughs> That's me asking for external validation. Yeah. I, oh, yes, it was. <laughs> I think that my biggest takeaway through everything that we went through this season and through everything that has come out through this season is that we have very, very similar missions. Mm. And I think that that is what always grounded us and like kind of kept us together because we so wholeheartedly believed in the same things and wanted the same things. And I'm like very, very grateful for that. But I also think that we have very different ways of doing things and sometimes it works really great and sometimes it clashes. And so I think that will sometimes cause a little bit of turmoil between the two of us because we are pulling each other in different directions and it can feel very strenuous for both of us. But I think that, you know, fundamentally, I know that Christine will always be there to support me and encourage me and I the same for her. So I think that for us, keeping that communication channel open and Mm. just kind of being more flexible with each other in the way that we go about things, I think that that's what I've learned about our relationship. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And just playing to each other's strengths instead of Mm. trying to make the other person Mm. play Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. our individual strengths. So I think that's the one thing that I'm really learning. I don't have the answers. So for me to expect you or anyone to do things my way and only my way is not the right way. (laughs) For me, Regina has been a great teacher through this. And to be real, guys, it's from our fight that kind of forced us to kind of have to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we had to like really adjust to that because if not, if we continued on the same way, I actually don't think that we'll be here talking to you guys. So yeah, learning, exactly, learning to be flexible and learning to just really appreciate the difference between you and that other person instead of viewing that as like an annoyance or like, how, why are you like this? Mm -hmm. Like actually being curious about it and seeing like, oh, how is that an opening for an opportunity? So totally. Yeah. So let's move on to like i think this is the relationship question portion. yes um relationships whether that be friend or love romantic interest or with oneself exactly so at optimist underscore chan how does one reconcile over misunderstandings or wrong assumptions about one another that is a really great question i think that's something that i just hit on in the last question mm-hmm. right where it's so easy to have misunderstandings i think the hard part is to take accountability for having that misunderstanding Mm. because a lot of times in the misunderstanding we focus so much on how that person did not get it Mm -hmm. but really also taking accountability for how we don't get it because if there's a misunderstanding it's on both sides right for sure to reconcile from it which is hard it can be hard but it is asking yourself wait what is it that i don't see here Mm -hmm. what is it that i contributed to this misunderstanding and starting from that openness and humbleness to listen and i think that is where the channel of communication opens up because if not and you're just focusing on 
how that person has did you wrong, mm-hmm. then it's really hard to get to that point of like, okay, let me like talk to that person and get some feedback. Like, it's just hard to go there. What about you? Yeah, no, 100%. Like, the communication is so key. And I think that the funny thing about communication is that when I say communication, I mean between the two people or whoever is having those <laughs> conflicts because I've definitely been in a situation where there's like a misunderstanding or miscommunication or whatever. And I just have a conversation by myself about, but without the other person, you know, like I just make assumptions about what I think that they're going to say. And I'll be like, I predicted everything that's going to happen already. And so I've already made up my mind about the situation. And I even remember doing that when we were going through our riff of being like, I know exactly what Christine's going to say. And then this is how I'm going to rebuttal it. And da, 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 da. But like, you're totally, totally doing an injustice to yourself and to your friend. You know, I think it's really important to talk it out because like once I started talking, Christine was so understanding that I didn't even get to use any of my rebuttal. She was just like, no, you're, you're totally right. Like you're totally, and I was like, uh, how dare you? Yeah. I had a rebuttal to that. Exactly. And I totally agree with you on that kind of self-understanding thing because obviously there's a miscommunication. So there must be a way that you're taking something that potentially your friend of X amount of years probably didn't mean that, but maybe you're extra sensitive to this topic or maybe topic kind of hits, like strikes a chord in you that you know, makes you feel very insecure. And it's only fair to have both sides be very open and see if you guys are still aligned. Like, I think that's a lot of the time with miscommunication, you feel not aligned with your friend and then you're frustrated because you're like, but this is such a good friend of mine. How can we be so out of sync? And I think that this is like a really good opportunity to see whether or not you guys can get back to that place. And like, kind of like what I was saying earlier, like Christine and I have always had the same mission and that is what drove us. And that is what glued us together. And it still rings true in our friendship and a lot of like, you know, how we continue to grow together. But I think that this is also a really good opportunity to see like, hey, maybe you guys don't align as much as you thought you did. Or maybe that this is an opportunity for you guys to kind of just like rethink how your friendship can continue to move forward. Totally. I completely agree. And the one question that I ask myself is always in the bigger picture, is it worth losing this friendship over? And sometimes the answer is yes. You know, sometimes you might realize that. And sometimes it takes going through that rift in order to see how that person like their true colors come out yeah. or how they deal with it and then you see like maybe this isn't the type of friendship that I want to put my energy into like it happens for a reason so either you learn from it and your friendship becomes stronger and deeper mm-hmm. or you realize from either side that it's just time to let go and that's a question that only you guys can answer and I feel like we get asked that all the time when do you know to like let go of a friendship and I think if you really ask yourself and you really see how things play out and you get to know yourself better you will know immediately if someone's energy is no longer vibing with yours Mm -hmm. so totally yeah yeah next question next question at um banana with two a's (laughs) um banana (laughs) (laughs) i want to stay vulnerable and kind but i also want to learn to set boundaries advice please i would say it's very possible (laughs) (laughs) to stay vulnerable and kind and also set boundaries i do understand by setting boundaries sometimes you feel like I have to put my stake in the ground and I'm setting boundaries for a reason because you're disrespecting my space or parameters and stuff so if you feel you're in that position first of all take a step back and reconnect with why it is that you're setting boundaries in the first place like what is the goal Mm. because if you're setting boundaries with someone obviously you're trying to continue some sort of relationship with them or else you would just be like screw the boundaries I don't even want you in my life oftentimes for me I'll think like how is my action right now supporting that goal or hindering it and oftentimes when I'm heated and uh, especially when someone steps over my boundaries all over and over again I immediately want to like react right my gut instinct or old pattern is to just be like (laughs) but then now it's like okay is this gonna hurt my relationship with my dad if I react in this way I would say 100% of the time, it's yes. So knowing that, I'll be like, okay, so what's the opposite (laughs) of what I can do? And a lot of times it is to take a step back. It is to view it with compassion and love and see it from his perspective. And for me to reconnect and align with myself of what is my true self. Mm -hmm. And that is, most of the time, is to be vulnerable and kind. So it's a process. But I think the fact that you're asking how can you stay vulnerable and kind shows the type of person that you are in the compassion and empathy that you have. And I think it's just putting that into practice. 
What about you, Regina? Yeah, totally. I think first of all, it's like important to pick and choose who you're vulnerable with. Like truth be told, like not everyone deserves it. But once you Mm -hmm. do find those people and you feel like you guys have that connection, but maybe there are certain things that you don't want to talk about yet, or you're not ready to talk about yet. I think that it's important to let that person know of said boundaries or of said like, you know, hey, this is something that I'm not comfortable with talking about, or hey, it really makes me uncomfortable when you say this. I think that gauging that really helps you understand yourself as well. And it also allows you to understand like, you know, how vulnerable can I be with this person? Like, can I trust them? Do they have my back? Or is this just like a, oh, let's be vulnerable now. But like, you know, I don't know, they'll go and tell everybody or something like that. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. overall having that open line of communication as always is really important when it comes to, you know, being vulnerable and kind. And I agree if you're asking, you know, how do I stay vulnerable and kind? You already are kind. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Just go back to that, which is hard when someone obviously aggravates you, but understand that that's a trigger. We have an episode about a trigger. So, you know, if you want to reference that episode, it was a good, (laughs) it was a good reminder for me and Regina Mm -hmm, as well. For sure. (laughs) With how to deal with triggers in the moment, because that's not actually you. That's not actually, when you're triggered, that's your self reacting to a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to caveman days, it's almost as the same as being chased down by like, you know, a lion and fearing for your life, Mm -hmm. you know, now you can tell yourself, I'm not being chased by a lion. This is not life-threatening. How do I want to choose my next action that best serves me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, next question at Tarte mm-hmm. Sauce. Sauce. <laughs> Sauce. Saucy. How do you believe in love after losing your first love? <gasps> Our first loves. Oh my gosh. We get asked this question about first loves all the time. All the time. Or people that have yet to fall in love and being scared to fall in love, which we also did an episode about. Yes. <laughs> We're basically telling you to re-listen to all of season three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can say that I totally remember being in that frame of mind, not only with my first quote-unquote love, but with my second love. And third and fourth. And, and fourth and fifth. <laughs> but when you let someone in on that such intimate level, and I could totally understand when you say first love, right? Because you feel like there's no one's ever going to be your first love again, mm-hmm. that you almost feel like you just gave up on your only chance at love. Because <laughs> there's this idea in our head that our first love, especially if it was an amazing love, that that was supposed to be it. That was supposed to be the fairy tale. And there's a sense of naiveness when it comes to and the innocence when you buy into that. But for obviously real reasons, it didn't work out for a reason. And I think a lot of times we forget that in the moment because we're so sad by the sense of loss and what we think that first love meant. You know, for me, I'll just speak for myself, but I think it's just that like, I can, I will never find anybody else that's like him. And I'll never... have the happy ever after life that I thought I would with this said soulmate. Mm-hmm. And when I look back now, <laughs> like <laughs> 20 years later, I just, I can't help but laugh at myself. Not to like dismiss those feelings because they were real at that time. But then you'll go through so much in your life and you'll meet so many incredible people. And I actually was just thinking about this where it's like the idea of soulmates, you know, this like, oh, this person that completes you. And I think there's always this juggle between finding the one and then settling Mm -hmm. like there's no other option right and how can you tell between the two this might be a silly example but it's almost like you imagine this perfect shirt is going to have this sequence of flowers on it it's going to have this color it's going to have this cut and in your frame of mind right now you haven't come across that shirt and in your head it's like does this shirt even exist do i wear other shirts in the meantime (laughs) what do i do we choose to shift our whole mentality and self based off of this very i'm not saying this dream isn't real but it's not in front of you right now Mm -hmm. and we only have whatever is in front of us right now it's not to say that you can't make decisions based off of consequences or based off of like your best judgment however i think like when it comes to like say losing your love or feeling like will you ever find that person i think a lot of times it's looking at what's in front of you right now and making the best decision for yourself and committing to it and through it, you're going to learn a lot of different things about yourself as well as the other person. And from that, you adjust. So whoever you're with, if they don't end up being your forever after, even if you get married to the person, 
that's just a lesson. You know, life is not always just like the outcome is this. Once you get your husband, you found your soulmate, you get the house, you get the kids, then you have your forever happily ever after. That's not the point in life. So this is how I always answer questions. In a long way, don't worry. Life has so much more in store for you. You will find people that will blow your mind and will teach you so much about yourself and you will also do the same for the other person and just trust that you will find the right people for you in the right time and everything is about timing so just trust in that what about you regina (laughs) i'm not even going to answer that question because i feel like i was the one who needed to hear the answer as well (laughs) so going back to so let me finish that shirt analogy (laughs) so then with the shirt okay i know that was such an obscure like analogy yeah but sometimes you're gonna find the shirt that you have that you will actually draw in the sequence of stuff that you want. So you may be like, you know what? I actually, this cut, I actually like it better than this. And you'll make the cut yourself. So it's not necessarily saying that like the person that you're with, you're going to craft them into the person that you want them to be. But you're actually going to see that maybe that shirt that you have with the person that you're with, they're growing in many different ways that you may not foresee. And they may end up being the exact type of person that you need at the exact same time that you need it. So that's what I'm saying. Like don't take for granted the people that are in your life right now and the potential of who they can be through their own growth and yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like I don't believe necessarily in like the one soulmate because that to me does seem like a very like foreign concept that this one person is supposed to complete you. But I do believe in like multiple soulmates. Like I believe that there are many soulmates in your life who will provide different things. Like I think that Christine is my soulmate in this like industry and like in this podcast <laughs> and like uh, my sisterhood. <laughs> You're like, um, the word you're sister like, no, you're no, missing no. the word sister no you're like you had to put like an asterisk she's my sister in these yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that like i rely on different people for different things and in a lot of our experiences and just what we've been through like it's hard to explain that outside of like a soulmate circumstance so i feel like you know when we think of love and we think of this other person and how they're supposed to complete us or be so perfectly molded to fit us like i think that that is a little bit of an unrealistic expectation, especially as we get older and we have our own mindsets and our own way of doing things. There will be multiple soulmates in your life who will complete those different categories in your life of what you need. Yes, totally agree. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, soulmate sisters. Soulmate sisters. (laughs) Oh my God. Hashtag soulmate sisters. You hashtag for the podcast. <laughs> All the guys are like, wait, what about Yeah, us? soulmate <laughs> siblings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> soulmate family. Yeah. All right. Uh, two more questions because this is taking way longer than we expected. Well, not longer than we expected, but just long. <laughs> I feel like we expected that this would take this long. At Leelerson asks, what do you tell yourself when you realize you have lost focus? I lose focus pretty easily. Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I lose focus all the time. And I'm definitely a more like laid back person. Like I have friends who are definitely a lot more type A than I am who, you know, plan out their entire life, like Mm -hmm. down to the minute of like 8.05 to 8.10, I'm going to brush my teeth and put on my skincare. I'm definitely not that kind of person, but I definitely have found myself like really needing to kind of set those guidelines for myself to reshift my focus because I think that I'm very go with the which is great. But then I think that when I actually have a goal in mind and I have like a, these are the things that I need to accomplish, but I don't give myself a timeline of doing so. It's really easy, you know, to spend three hours watching clips of 90 Day Fiance and browsing the newest beauty products and all of that stuff. And so I think for me, definitely like, I think the thing that I've been telling myself a lot this year is you are just as capable as everyone else. So Mm -hmm. it's a matter of channeling your efforts into making something great. So you know, creating deadlines, what Christine said about being very specific about your goals. Like, I feel like that helps me bring in the focus. And if I notice myself still being really jittery and like unable to just sit down and really being able to feel that, you know, ADHD kicking in for me, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just step away. I take a walk. I change my environment. I think changing my environment helps a lot. Mm. When I'm in an unfamiliar environment, I don't feel as much of a need or want to like wander around or browse around. And I think that at a coffee shop setting too, where everybody else is being super productive, that Mm. also helps me focus. Cause then I'm like, Ooh, I need to be as productive as that guy over there. And who knows, maybe he's just, you know, 
browsing the internet as well, but he looks productive and I feel that energy from people and I feel like I want to mimic that. Oh, good tips. What about you? I would say for me, I tend to be the type of person that loses myself in work. Hence the burnout from Wang Fu. And after that, I totally went the other way with my depression and which is just like, I'm not going to do anything in life. <laughs> so I'm at this point where I'm trying to find the balance. And I think I have to say that for me, working with clients helps me stay focused because with life coaching, it's moving people forward towards their goals, whatever that may be, whether that may in an emotional sense, in a relationship, or just even just having goals of like, I want to start a business. So that motivates me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to break down goals, you know. Mm. And what I realize is learning the most efficient way for me to work. And I'm someone that needs a chunk of time to do something and to be specific about that. So if I'm just like, oh, today, I'm gonna work on life coaching stuff, I will guarantee you that I will not be working on life coaching stuff. <laughs> It would just be watching Minecraft videos on YouTube. Yes, I'm 35 and I still watch Minecraft videos yeah, on YouTube. I know. I don't understand. <laughs> I literally giggle every time I'm about to watch it because I turn over and then Jack's watching me and I'm always like, he, it's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> and I'm always like, you still want to marry me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, like for me, I have to be really specific about what I'm going to do with that chunk of time. I'm also not, like Gina says, some people are like from one to three, this is what I'm doing. Like that stresses me out too much. But I will do reminders on my phone so that I'll be like, okay, this afternoon, these are my things that I'm going to do that are actionable that I know I can do within that day. I'm not keeping it broad enough where it's like, I'm going to plan an event. Like, what does that mean? So I'm going to break that into chunks that I can know that I can do within this afternoon. So send out email to Regina about this follow up with ABG girls about that. Look into research about venues. I'm someone that loves to check off things. Same. I love like physically writing it down on like a post-it note and like crossing it off or like checking it off. Oh, it's so satisfying. Yes. And I think that way too, you can like, for me, it's easy to go back and track what I've done in the past and be like, okay, so that took me this amount of time. So in the future, maybe like longer or not as much. And now I feel like there's more balance to it because I can take on on the clients and now I know like okay actually I have more time for more clients which before I thought like you know if I'm going to plan events I'm also going to record the podcast I also have my own podcast I'm also like you know doing a business and all these things it just feels overwhelming and I totally get that and that's when it's easy for me to lose focus and just be like screw this I'm just gonna play games yeah I think once you break it down to like actionable steps and find yourself an accountability partner I think that plays a big part in it because, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to keep ourselves accountable. But once you pick up that momentum of actually doing things and seeing that it works for you, you're going to feel more motivated to stay focused and to keep pushing yourself further. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Last final question. At hello, Deborah. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) I love that username. (laughs) That's so good. How does someone take control of their life after years of letting others control theirs? Why don't you take lead on this question? Oh, also another great question. This question, when I first read it, it totally struck a chord in me because it's really how I felt for so long. Like I felt like I was living according to other people and it wasn't necessarily that they were controlling me, but I think that they had ideas that I felt like I had to abide by. Mm -hmm. And so it was like control in a way. But I definitely think that as we always say, it starts with self-reflection. Like what do you want to control that you feel that other people are controlling and being able to pinpoint it down to those specifics of, you know, what would you like to take control over again? And I think that understanding yourself and your needs and wants, I think that that's how you start to understand like, oh, actually I like doing this. I don't like doing that. And I don't like it when someone tells me to do it this way, or I really like it when this happens, you know, like, I think that in those likes and dislikes, you start to find yourself and understand yourself. I guess find yourself is, I don't like using that anymore because I feel like it's like you're like lost or something. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, just understanding yourself, I think that that's when you can start putting your foot down. You know, when someone is seemingly taking control of your life, you can rebuttal and be like, wait, actually, no, this is what I actually want. Because I think that when you don't know and someone else has an idea or someone else is doing something, they'll just assume that you're along for the ride. 
it because you're not speaking up about it or you don't seem to have an opinion about it. And if you seemingly don't have either, then if someone else has an opinion about it, then they're going to do something about it. And then you're just kind of like going along with the flow. And so when you start to have an issue with it, I think that it's important to just self-reflect and decide for yourself how you feel about things, what you actually want. And soon that person should take the hint to relinquish control or to hear more about your opinions. Yeah, no, so well said. It it is true. Like the more that you can define for yourself what you want, the less that you let other people define it for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think trusting your gut and not feeling like you have to apologize for what you want in your life Mm -hmm. and just being open again. The whole aspect of quote unquote taking control of your own life is that you also have to take responsibility for your own choices. And I think for a lot of people, that's kind of scary. So it's easy just to go into kind of passive default mode of having someone else tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. Because if it goes wrong, you know, it's not on you necessarily. So understanding that and really that's where place of empowerment comes, you know, when you're able to really believe in yourself and go after it. And it's not necessarily what the outcome is, is what you learn from it. That's Mm -hmm. really what taking control of your life is in a sense. What I tell Regina is to be the protagonist, live it like you're the star of your own show Mm -hmm. don't be the best friend don't be the secondary characters yeah be the person that takes action in what you want to experience in life Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yay actually i do want to answer some like these last two because they can be really quick and they're both by at yp jennifer Mm. first one favorite skincare product oh Regina, oh man! Off the top of your head, quick. I feel like it's been so sunny that I've just been obsessed with the Beach Shield by Crave Beauty. I have it's yet to try best, that. Oh, <sighs> it's the best, best sunscreen. Leah really, truly worked her magic, oh my God. and I just, I love it. It's not sticky. It's really great for my oily skin, and I feel like it makes a really good makeup primer. Like my foundation isn't slipping and sliding, oh, and it really? gives you that SPF protection, which we all need. Okay, I'm definitely buying that. Definitely. Yeah. For sure, I think Leah's Crave Beauty products, like I use her cleanser religiously mm-hmm. every night. And Pixie Glow Tonic. Ooh. Megan Lee recommended that. I literally don't think I can live without it. It just really makes such a difference. Okay, and I know this is more than just one favorite skincare product, but I've been trying Drunk Elephant because oh. Sephora gave the samples. And I love it so much. My whole, The whole <laughs> texture of my face is like a baby's butt. Wow. Oh, no. Well, then I want to choose one more, too. <laughs> Or two more. Okay, okay. <laughs> what? Um, Share. I really love First Aid Beauties. They have like a 10% AHA like resurfacing serum. I just feel like I have such oily skin. I really need to just kind of get rid of like my, my dead skin cells and stuff. Mm. And that baby skin feeling, I always get that with um, Fresh's like rose products. We just gave you a whole skincare routine. So right you, said, there. you said Fresh and also First Aid. First Aid Beauty. Oh, yeah. Okay. First Aid Beauty for like their 10% AHA resurfacing serum and Fresh Beauty for for their rose line. Oh, Ashley also recommended fresh yeah, with love. their rose. Yeah. I think that you should do Instagram stories about skincare tips because you, oh you try so many good ones. And I truly do. Yeah, do. <laughs> and I just think that's something that you're like, you're good at. Like for me, I'm just like, oh, my skin is smooth or, oh, this is making me break out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll start doing more of those like, just I don't reviews. know, what is it? Unwind- like, yeah. Like yeah. reviews or like unwinds. I have been like hoarding all of my empties because I have this idea of wanting to do an empty. Oh so now gosh, it's just yeah. the matter of like executing. <laughs> to be honest, I only trust those recommendations from beauty gurus when they show yeah. me their empties because i'm like okay that's proof like versus yeah. hauls i mean i love watching a good haul but i agree i love a good empties video yeah okay and last last question which yes. i think is a great question to end on but uh she also asks favorite book Ooh. <sighs> I hate picking favorites, but my most recent favorite is definitely Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. He is so smart, so articulate, so funny. I think he's your soulmate. He is my soulmate. I love him. him. I adore him so much. And I just think that he is so, I like, I've seen him live and just like the way that he does his whole show and like how just intelligent he is and how he really like thinks through everything. Uh, it was just, it was such a good book. It talks about his experience growing up in South Africa during the apartheid and about whites, blacks, and colored, which I didn't know was its own category, which means like kids who are of mixed race. 
I just absolutely loved hearing his stories about his upbringing, his experiences of like, you know, how that shaped him into who he is today. And I just feel like my favorite kind of movies, stories, whatever, are always like the ones that are like that perfect blend of like heart and comedy. And so, yeah, that's that's definitely a, a fave. I have that book and I haven't finished it yet, but you can hear him as you're reading, which I think, and also I love his voice and his accent. Yes, so. his accent. Yeah. Yes. Oh All right. This is my call to Trevor Noah. Marry me, please. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> We're going to put that, let's break that into actionable goals. Yeah. I will life coach you through that. <laughs> okay. My favorites, which I've, I've mentioned and it's not favorites when it's plural, but they're all my favorites. Okay. So then of course, Oprah is like what I know for sure. I think that it's a great book for anyone that wants like a quick read into like just quick bits of wisdom and relatability on a more spiritual level. And when I say spiritual, I don't mean religious, but Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, which is a game changer for me. I think there's so many things that he speaks that's completely changed my mindset and my outlook on things. And I just was the current book I just ordered off of Amazon. And I am definitely guilty of this where I order many books I'm excited about and I have yet to finish them. But the current one I just ordered is Malcolm Gladwell's new book, Talking to Strangers. And that's because Mm. you guys can go listen to it right now. But he was just on Oprah's podcast, Super Soul Sunday. And it just goes into a different way of looking at how we judge other people and how we go into conversations with preconceived notions of each other, which is why it results in violent acts, why it results in the political climate that we're in and all these things that... Just he just brings such a different perspective to it that I'm just like, oh my god, I have to I'd immediately order the book right after I was listening to the podcast. So if you guys want to read along with me, we should start doing like a book club. Oh my god, that's what I said. <laughs> Oprah just started her book club. Did she really? Yeah, she restarted. So maybe we'll just join Oprah and yeah, then talk about it on our podcast. <laughs> Okay, what a great episode. Yeah, and if you guys are wondering how long this episode is taking, it's taking us almost an hour and a half, though I will admit that there were a few hiccups, like my dad watching TV outside, (laughs) and then also my headphones dying. Um, But, you know. Regina literally went outside, and she's like, can you hold on for a sec? Dad! Her dad's so sweet. She's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, he's like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Although, like, versus, like, my mom, who would probably been like, oh. What? Okay. Hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us for another season of oh Perfectly Imperfect. Yeah. It feels incredible to be on this wild journey with you guys. Like, uh, I really I really am at a, such a loss of words every single time we wrap things up. I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm so thankful for Christine. I'm so thankful for everything that is happening in this season of our life because I know that it is just preparing us for what's to come next. Yes, so well said as usual. Just reiterating everything that she said. And thank you guys for being part of our journey. Like you guys mm-hmm. have really been there since the beginning. Uh, when we were very nervous about speaking our thoughts to Mm -hmm. where we are now, where we just say whatever's on our mind. (laughs) (laughs) And just the mountains, the valleys, the highs and the lows, you guys have really been through that with us. And we hope that we've done the same for you guys. Our promise is to continuously find avenues and ways so that we're better able to connect with one another so that we don't feel alone, that you guys don't feel alone out there Mm -hmm. so with that said thank you for a beautiful season three and we will be back for season four (laughs) 2020 see you guys then in the meantime you can follow us on instagram regina's handle is at regina.fang mine is at xoxo christine chen (laughs) yep (laughs) i was like i saw you with the eyebrow raise And you can follow both of us at perfectly.imperfect.podcast. And we love you guys so much. We'll see you guys in season four. Bye. Bye.